Good morning, everyone. This is Johnny Tan, author from My Mama's Kitchen, Food for the Soul, Recipes for Living. Happy Wednesday and welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio Show. Here's a quick announcement. Our February heart-centered and passion-driven Inspiration for Better Living digital magazine designed to help moms build a better future for themselves, their family, and loved ones is now live at inspirationsforbetterliving.com. February's theme is Family Love, Self-Love, and Partners Love. It is a reverberation of Valentine's Day celebration. The magazine offers inspirational stories from our dedicated team of experts to help you navigate your current situation with confidence in your motherhood journey as the COO, if not the CEO, of your family. So please go to inspirationsforbetterliving.com and treat yourself to some engaging, entertaining, and enlightening stories. You deserve it. As for our kitchen table conversation this morning... My guest is Amy Newmark, the Publisher and Editor-in-Chief for Chicken Soup for the Soul. Amy and I will be talking about their latest release, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Lessons Learned from My Cat, 101 Tales of Feline Friendship and Fun. Good morning, Amy. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. How are you doing today? I am doing great, and I'm very excited about this new book. We actually saw our sales numbers for this book at Walmart. Last week, when it wasn't actually officially on sale yet, but I guess some of it had kind of leaked out and was already on the shelves at Walmart, and we sold like 10 times more copies than we normally sell in the week before a book goes on sale. So that was a good sign. I think this book is going to do really well. Fantastic. Congratulations. This book is just extremely entertaining. It's a delightful read. The stories are endearing, funny, and is a perfect book to remind us how smart our cats are. So congratulations on everything that you have accomplished with this book thus far. And the release date is yesterday, I presume, correct? Yes, it came out on Valentine's Day. Aww. And, um, <laughs> you know, we, we do, our, our cat books are really popular. Our dog books mm-hmm. and our cat books are really popular. And so we put one out every year and a half or so. Yeah, these these are always top sellers for us. We always do great with books about miracles and angels, books about Christmas, and books about dogs and cats. Those are our big, big topics. Wonderful. I know American Humane is the beneficiary of this book's royalty. So please share with us about Chicken Soup's wonderful partnership with the organization. Oh, American Humane is an amazing organization. They do so much great work on behalf of animals. They're actually the U.S.'s first national humane organization. They were founded in 1877, so they're, you know, more than wow. 140 years old. <laughs> and they help shelters all over the country. They don't run shelters, but they help support all the different shelters where pets are kept until they can find new homes. They also run a zoo and aquarium certification program. So if you go to one of the American Humane certified zoos or aquariums, you can feel confident that the animals are being taken care of, you know, better than any human is ever taken care of. Um, They also run uh, a program to certify farms and ranches. They um, also do the no animals were harmed certification for TV series, and films. They're involved in animal conservation. Uh, They're just an extraordinary organization. And so 
we give royalties to them from all of our dog and cat books. We've been doing this for more than 10 years now. And we've been really pleased with, you know, how the money is used by American Humane. It's really a great charity, of course, has, you know, one of those top, top ratings from Charity Navigator. So that's something that makes us very happy when we're doing these books, knowing that we're raising money, but we're using the books as a fundraiser, basically, for American Humane. That's fantastic. How is adopting a cat from the shelter rewarding? So, yes, so that is something, you know, I've really learned a lot about this from the folks at American Humane and from reading all the stories from our contributors. And it really seems like when you adopt a cat from a shelter or you, you know, adopt a stray cat that has shown up on your doorstep, that the cats are so grateful. Like they know, they know what you did for them. And people say the same thing about dogs, that they know that, you provided them with that refuge and you know that you saved a cat from either living in a cage for the rest of its life or being put to sleep, depending on the type of shelter that you adopted it from. Or if you took in a stray cat from outdoors, you know that you saved that cat from a very rough life where it might have ended up being eaten by a coyote or attacked by a dog or, you know, starved to death, whatever. So, yeah, adopting cats from shelters or as strays is incredibly rewarding. And our books are filled with those stories. We we really try to show through our stories the value of adopting cats. And also, we point out the value of adopting senior cats, black cats, You know, these are the ones that are often ignored by people. They just want a cute little kitten. Or the black cats don't photograph as well when the shelters run the ads. So nobody goes to the shelter saying, hey, I saw a cat, um, because they don't photograph well. So they might have only photographed the ones that weren't black cats. And, And, you know, there's the silly superstition about black cats. So we have a lot of stories about black cats and a lot of stories about senior cats just to open people's minds to the possibility of adopting those. That's fantastic. I mean, that's interesting what you talk about. Are there any specific attributes making a person a perfect cat owner? So I have my pet peeve about cat owners, and that is cat owners who allow their cats to go out and hunt birds because we're missing billions of songbirds in the United States now. And it is mainly attributed to cats being let out to hunt and not because they need the food. And so there's nothing wrong with having an outdoor cat if you are in an environment that is acceptable for having an outdoor cat, but put a bell on the cat, you know, something to save those poor birds from being slaughtered just for sport, you know? So that's something that I would think would be a great attribute for a cat owner, somebody who makes sure that their cat doesn't attack songbirds. And then other than that, I mean, it's weird. Like you have a dog, you know, the dog is basically going to stay on the floor or jump onto, you know, the couch or a chair or the bed, but the dog is not going to jump on the counter. And so I've never owned a cat, but I would say, you're a cat owner, you have to be willing to accept that your cat is going to be 
you know, on top of the refrigerator, on the counter, jumping on the dining room table before Thanksgiving, all of that. And you have to be willing to accept that. That's really funny. I mean, it is true, though. When I was growing up, I do have cats and dogs, and they get along very, very well. And my cat was really well-behaved, so we never have issues like that. But that's very, very interesting. Do cats choose their owners by chance, you think? Well, according to the stories that we get, yes, cats will definitely choose their owners. Like, you'll, you'll read a story about somebody going to a shelter to adopt a cat, and there's a cat that is, you know, hiding in the back of its crate. And then the shelter volunteer says, oh, you know, that cat hates people, avoid that cat. And then the cat comes right to the front for this one particular person and meows and, you know, extends his neck wanting to be, wanting to be scratched. And, and the volunteer will say, well, that's never happened before. Well, of course, then the human takes that cat home. Uh, but we see a lot of stories about cats who aren't supposed to like anybody glomming onto a certain human and saying, you're my person. Oh, that's a, adorable. <laughs> what can you tell us about the book's beautiful front and back covers? So when we have a book about lessons learned from the cat, we try to put a cat on the cover that really looks like it's telling you something. And so we have this beautiful cat with green eyes. And then we had all green all around it to bring out the green in its eyes. And the cat is just looking at you like, I know this stuff and I have told you this stuff and you're not listening, Dopey. You know, the cat is just kind of glaring at you with this knowing expression on his face. So we worked really hard to find the right cat photo to put on the cover. And then on the back cover, it's really cute. We have two cats, and <laughs> one of them is leaning over, and he absolutely looks like he's divulging some very important information to the other cat. And that other cat has big, wide-open, surprised eyes, like he's just learned something from, from the other cat. So it's a great cover. Cat lovers will adore these photos. I'm looking at the book cover right now. It's one of those pictures, even though it's a cat, it's like, I'm being facetious here. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> I mean, that attitude look, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. This, this is a cat with, with catitude. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love that. I love that. Was it easy or challenging to come up with the various chapters covered in the book? So making chapters is actually a really fun part of my job. So here's what happens. We get thousands of stories submitted. Then we have people who read the stories for us. We have our editors. And then it gets narrowed down to a few hundred stories for me to read. And then I spend several days reading all of these stories and jotting down chapter ideas at the top of each story. And then I'll narrow it down to 101 stories, which is the number that we publish. Mm -hmm. And then I'll just walk around my dining room table. Um, I've jotted down on post-it notes, all the different chapter ideas. And I start sorting the stories out as I walk around the table. This takes me hours and I start creating the chapters. And then I see, okay, oh, I only have three for that chapter idea. So those three stories will have to be redeployed to other chapters. And so it's this, very exhausting process where I finally get it down to 
anywhere from eight to 12 chapters, depending on the book. In this case, it was 10 chapters. And I, you know, try to go for about 10 stories per chapter. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's a long process. It really is. It's fun, but it's a long process. But, you know, then I end up with really fun chapter names, like my very good, very bad cat, you know, or small but mighty, Mm -hmm. you know, or... um, Natural therapist, that's obvious what that chapter is about. <laughs> you know, I, it's, the chapters are a lot of fun, and I hope that our readers really appreciate them. I also work really hard on the story titles, so I often mm-hmm. will change the story title from whatever it was when the contributor sent it in to us, and I'll try to put a cute chapter, a mm-hmm. cute story title or one that's a pun or, you know, some mm-hmm. kind of play on words. So I really work hard on the story titles and on the chapter titles. This book is beautiful. It's wonderful to hold. And as usual, we have not talked about this for a long time. The letters themselves, are, it's raised, so it's beautiful. Oh, yeah, we do that on our covers. It's called Embossing. Embossing, and, that's right. Uh, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, it's called Embossing. It costs us like 10 cents a book. To mm. add the embossing. So that's a lot. Uh, but we think it's worth it because it makes yes. our books, it makes them feel richer and more special and also makes them even better to give as gifts because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. even though people don't really understand that embossing costs the publisher a lot of money, they know <laughs> that it makes the book fancier. Yeah, yeah. No question about it. That's a very nice touch of elegance to it. That would be the best way to put it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we work really hard on our covers. What would you like the readers to gain from reading Lessons Learned from My Cat? The first thing I want them to gain is just a wonderful experience reading an entertaining book. You know, just like petting a cat is a stress reliever, well, reading these stories is definitely a stress reliever. And what's nice about it is because there's 101 of them, you can read, you know, as many or as few as you want per sitting. So if you don't have a lot of time in your day, but you want to read, you know, one story each night before you go to bed, so you spend 10 minutes, you know, once a day reading a story. And a lot of our readers will tell us, oh, I just decided I would read one a day or two a day until I got through all of them. I just left it on my night table, you know, or I was picking up my kid. You know, in the carpool line, I, I left it in the car and I could read one story each day. Or people sit down and read the whole thing till three in the morning. That, that happens too. But it's nice that it's broken into easy to digest morsels. And so I want people to really feel entertained and de-stressed by reading the book. And then I want them, if they are thinking about acquiring a new cat, to think about going and mm-hmm. getting one from a shelter because there are millions of cats waiting in shelters to be adopted. That's very nice. Very, very nice. By the way, you're listening to From My Mama's Kitten Talk Radio. Our podcasts are available on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Teachers Radio, Blueberry Podcasting, Genian Radio, Mixcloud, Podchaser, Listen Notes, and Hop Hopper. I'm Johnny Tan, your host. Here's a quick reminder to treat yourself to our heart-centered and passion-driven Inspiration for Better Living magazine at inspirationsforbetterliving.com. My guest 
for today is Amy Newmark, the publisher and editor-in-chief for Chicken Soup for the Soul. Our kitchen table conversation this morning is about their latest release, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Lessons Learned from My Cat, 101 Tales of Feline Friendship and Fun. So, Amy, let's talk about some of the wonderful, wonderful stories in the book. We'll start out with Chapter 1. The chapter title is Learning to Love the Cat. I love this story. Mr. Bo Jingles Taught Me to Dance by Amy Ann Gregory. So um, Amanda Gregory tells us that she was actually warned away from the cat she wanted when she went to the shelter. The volunteer said to her, you don't want that one. He's broken. And then the volunteer went on to explain that the cat didn't like anyone, not other cats or dogs or people. But this black cat, and, you know, we are proponents of adopting black cats, um, this cat started following Amanda around the shelter. So he didn't seem like he didn't like people because he seemed to like her. And it's a great example of the cat choosing the human. So Amanda said that she would take this supposedly broken cat because she felt like she was broken too. She had had a very difficult upbringing. She wasn't close to anybody except her brother and one friend. And so she felt that maybe she and this cat could heal together. And so months passed, and she and the cat happily lived together. And she would talk to him, and he would seem to be listening. And then one day, he ran out the door into a patch of woods, and she lost him. But luckily, he came back that night at about 2 in the morning. So she had this routine with the cat. They would dance together to the Mr. Bojangles song, which is why she named him Mr. Bojangles. <laughs> and he really helped her work through some of her personal issues. She had issues with her mother and her father. And so finally she realized something because she loved this little cat and she realized that she was capable of loving other people and that opened up a whole new world for her and she ended up you know embarking on a romantic relationship with a mm -hmm. man and so this cat was really like a natural therapist for her this cat who she has been warned not to adopt it's a beautiful sweet story and sometimes we need something like that as a sort of motivation to get us to do things or look at life from a different perspective in a way. <laughs> so it's beautiful. Do you have a story that you like in this chapter? Um, this is a good story. Um, it's mm -hmm. by H.L. Ford. And she tells us that they had a cat and her husband was really not happy about the fact that they had this cat. And the cat had come to them and had just wandered out of the woods a couple of years earlier and she felt she had to take the cat in. She couldn't just abandon it. And by the way, it was a black cat. Um, so they kept it, even though her husband kept saying, you know, how long are we going to keep him? So anyway, one day she was out pulling some weeds in the yard, and they were hard to get out, and she fell. She fell three feet, and she landed hard on her back. And she's 71 years old. And the pain was just agonizing. She couldn't even move. And she called out for her husband, but he was in the garage with the radio on, so he didn't hear her. And that's when this cat that 
she wanted, but her husband didn't want, arrived and was clearly disturbed by her predicament. And he started crying just like she did. And then she said to him, go and get me help. And much to her surprise, the cat darted off to the garage. And then with meowing and with kind of body language, (laughs) indicated to her husband that he should follow her out of the garage. And the cat led the husband over to his fallen wife and he helped her get up. And it turned out that she had fractured a couple of lower vertebrae. So now the cat is welcome in the house just as much into the cat as the wife. The cat finally showed his worth. (laughs) That's beautiful. Really, really beautiful. Chapter two, this is really kind of sweet, right? Small but mighty, the chapter title. And the story I like is The Alarm Cat by Andrea Peebles. So this was Andrea's sister's cat, actually. And um, Andrea was talking to her sister one day. And, And by the way, this was a cat that her sister hadn't wanted. Her sister's daughter had brought the cat home against her wishes. But then Andrea's sister had lost her husband completely out of the blue. He had a massive heart attack at only age 50. And the cat turned out to be a great comfort to her and seldom left her side. And they had become inseparable. This was a cat she hadn't wanted originally. Um, But anyway, this cat started waking her up at 2.30 in the morning and just basically screaming at her until she got up. And so Andrea's sister was telling her how the cat was waking her up at 2.30 in the morning. And then her sister realized something. The doctor had changed her diabetes medicine right before this started. She realized that each time the cat woke her in the middle of the night, she had checked her sugar level and it had been drastically low. And so she needed to get some milk and have a little snack before going back to sleep. She realized that that cat had probably saved her life. And she went and she got her medicine adjusted. Yeah, yeah. It was Mm -hmm. because, you know, you can die. Oh, yeah. From diabetes. I mean, nighttime is very dangerous, actually. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. What I like about the story is the fact that can you really train a cat? Not really, but there's some sort of intuitiveness that the cat picks up. And that's what makes it so beautiful. Yeah, you hear that all the time about cats and dogs, like ones that, that can alert diabetics to the fact that they're sugar level is too low or ones that um, maybe alert somebody to the fact that they're about to have a seizure. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes they become like their official, their official uh, service dogs or service cats. Mm-hmm. But more often you just hear that it was the natural behavior of a dog or cat that just, they just took on this role of being like an alarm cat or an alarm dog. Right. Right. So true. In this chapter, do you have a story that you like as well? Um, well, I like this um, story. That <laughs> it's really funny. It's by Margaret Rowan. And mm-hmm. um, Margaret tells us that she was sorting out her old clothing one day to get rid of it. And she had just been to the mall to get some new clothes. And so she had piles of clothing on the bed. And then she had this large shopping bag lying on the floor. And her son's cat was staying with her and was watching all of this activity with interest. And the cat actually loved shopping bags. You know, when they came into the house, she would play with Mm -hmm. them. 
So the cat tried to play with the large shopping bag that was on the ground, but the bag did something unexpected. It collapsed around the cat. I can imagine it was one of those um, those large plastic bags. <laughs> I, like, I can see how those would collapse. Well, before she knew it, the poor cat had a real situation because the cat got its head stuck in one of the handles of the bag. <laughs> so now when the cat moved, the bag moved with the cat. It was almost like the cat was wearing a cape. <laughs> and the cat tried to run away from the bag, but because the cat had inserted himself into the handle, the bag went right with her. And so the faster she <laughs> ran, the faster the bag followed her. And this poor cat was 18 years old. She really did not want to have to deal with the situation. So the cat went racing around the house with this bag crashing behind it, attached to it the whole time. The, the cat was just terrified and probably embarrassed, too. Anyway, Margaret finally freed the cat from the evil bag, folded up the bag in front of the cat, and now the much braver cat trotted with her to the garage where she banished this evil bag to the trash bin. Wonderful. That's a wonderful story. Chapter 3. You just have to laugh. This wonderful chapter. And the story that I like is Melina by Linda Thorburn. Yeah, so Linda runs a small cat rescue. Mm -hmm. Um, So she's supposed to actually be good at figuring out stuff about cats. And she works at a veterinary clinic also. But, you know, sometimes we all just assume stuff. We get busy. And that's what happens to Linda Sabarin during kitten season each year. That's when she gets these constant frantic messages about pregnant cats and newborn kittens and stray mama cats with kittens and abandoned kittens and orphan kittens and kittens that were born because someone didn't get their cat fixed. So on average during kitten season, Linda says she's asked to take about 100 cats and kittens every week. It's an insane, impossible time for her. (laughs) So she says that last year, it was about a month into kitten season, so she'd been already going through this for a while. And she got a message that a stray had had kittens at her sister-in-law's house. Um, Actually, it was one of her foster families. It was their sister-in-law. And so she went to trap this mama cat and the kittens so that she could take them away and find them home. Um, and so she got that she got them with three kittens and a mama cat. And the mother seemed skittish, but not feral. So Linda took this little family home and she put them together in a kennel. But the mama cat was not happy at all. She glared at Linda. She hissed. She wouldn't go near the babies which was a problem. Like Linda needed this cat to take care of her babies, but she continued to ignore the kittens and Linda ended up having to bottle feed them. She felt bad. She thought, wow, this mama cat must have been so traumatized that she won't even take care of her own kittens. So finally, after five days, Linda decided, well, this mama cat should never have kittens again. (laughs) So she took the cat to the clinic to be spayed And when she went to pick up the cat after the surgery, she saw something weird on the paperwork 
it said neuter instead of say. <laughs> well, it turned out that this mother cat was not a bad mother. She was not a mother at all. She probably wasn't even the kitten's father. But anyway, she was a he. And this poor male cat had been basically kidnapped and stuck in a crate with a bunch of kittens. And no wonder he was so irritated. So Linda says that the other volunteers at the clinic had a good laugh at her expense. And um, it was a very funny tale of mistaken identity from somebody who ordinarily would you know, don't know everything about a cat, but she was just so busy because it was kitten season. It's really funny. I think it's one of those things where sometimes an honest mistake, but yet it's fun. <laughs> yeah, she she was definitely willing to poke fun at herself and give us the story. She's one of our regular writers. <laughs> Chapter four, Lost and Found, Luck of the Irish. This is really cool by Mandy Lawrence. Yeah, so... Um, we have a lot of stories about cats that have disappeared and then miraculously been found. So in this case, um, Mandy Lawrence had this cat, and one day Mandy's cousin Mickey appeared at her front door, and he had never stopped by for a visit before, so she assumed there was something wrong with her car because she had brought her car to his shop the previous day. But her cousin Mickey pointed to her cat on the front porch and say and asked, where did you get her? And he had just been at her house the day before to pick up her car, so he had seen the cat, and it was bugging him. So he came back, and he said, that's my cat. And he lived seven miles away. And this cat had just shown up at her house six months earlier. <laughs> and Mandy loved this cat. But she had to admit that the cat was not at the ideal home because her husband was extremely allergic to cats. So the cat was only allowed inside when it was really cold. And then the cat had to stay in the bathroom. So <laughs> her cousin's claim that this was his cat was actually good news uh, because now the cat could go to a better home. And then Mandy realized how the cat had come to her house. Whenever her car needed service, her cousin would drive his truck over park his truck in her driveway, and then take her car to his automotive shop. And then at the end of the day, he'd drive her car back to her, pick up his truck, and go home. So the cat must have been inside his truck six months earlier <laughs> and had been stranded at her house ever since. So he took the cat home with him. And he did, t he did tell Mandy that after the cat had had this six-month vacation being, you know, the only cat, <laughs> that the cat had a little trouble fitting in again with his other cats. But anyway, that was the story of his cat that was lost for six months and turned out to have been at his cousin's house the whole time. <laughs> See, things like that, when you think about it, is it possible? Definitely, because cats are quiet. Dogs makes a lot of noise, right? I mean, they want to be known that they are around. But cats are not like that. <laughs> That's true. So it was very easy for the cat to hide somewhere in the truck and then sneak out of the truck and then get stranded at her house. <laughs> Chapter 5, Meant to Be, I Do Not Like Cats by Grant Metzen. So Grant is a very funny writer. So he writes about the fact that he does not like cats and 
he had exotic birds that he kept when he was um, a child, and the cats had eaten all of his birds, and so he was just done with cats. But then he met a woman, and <laughs> she brought a cat home one day. She said, don't worry, I know we're not getting a cat. This is just temporary. And he said, well, why did you name her, name, name him? And she said, well, he's got to have a name while he's temporarily here. Well, anyway, that cat has been with them for 12 years now, but it's just temporary. Then she brought another cat home, again, saying it's just temporary. And again, Grant said, okay, but why did you name the cat? She said, well, the cat needs to have a name. Well, it lives with us temporarily while we find it a new home because I know you don't want a cat, so we're not getting the cat. <laughs> so that second cat has been with them 11 years now. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's just a really funny story. And I think a lot of people, you know, have a spouse who doesn't want a cat. And so they're trying to persuade, you know, the other party that they should get a cat. So I figured a lot of our cat-loving <laughs> readers would really appreciate this story. <laughs> What's interesting is this. And like, say, for example, like Chapter 6, which I want you to talk about as well, My Very Good, Very Bad Cat. And the title of the story is Socked by Robert Grayson. I noticed that you have more men contributors and of all things, about cats. Yeah, well, men love their cats too. Definitely, <laughs> we have plenty of we have plenty of men who write for us, and often they write really funny stories. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so this story by Robert Grayson is about this beautiful long-haired calico cat that he has, and this cat um, is kind of full of itself and was really unhappy when they brought in another cat. Um, but then finally the two of them got along, although the first cat was still clearly in charge. <laughs> but then the unthinkable happened, at least according to a cat, and that is that they got two dogs. And these were mostly well-behaved dogs. And so the non-alpha cat got along fine with them, but the alpha cat was another story. She would hiss at the dogs if they were, you know, theoretically blocking her path to her favorite window. She just always found reasons to complain about these dogs, even though the dogs were really good. So the dogs were really good, except for this one thing. Almost every night, it appeared that one of the dogs would take one of, the, one of Robert's socks from the side of the bed and drag it to the dining room where the dog slept. And the sock would always be found in the morning next to the dogs. The dogs would be reprimanded for it. <laughs> but they would always look kind of bewildered. And this went on for months until one night uh, Robert's mom was up late. And, oh, yeah, these, were, these, these animals were at his mom's house. They weren't his. They were his mom's. Um, and one night, his mom was up late, and she saw what was actually happening. It was that alpha cat. She went into the bedroom, grabbed that sock, 
brought it downstairs and left it by the dogs so that the dogs would be blamed. <laughs> so I thought that was a really funny story, that the cat was setting up the dogs every single night to get in trouble for stealing a sock. <laughs> It's wonderful. It's really a beautiful story. When I read that story, it reminded me of my dog, Pilly, in Malaysia. And what he did was a little bit different because he purposely taught me, like, if he wants to play, he'll go into my room and will purposely grab one of my undershirts from the shelves because we have, like, sort of an open shelf that you put all your clothing on, right? Your underclothes and so forth. He'll grab that and come all the way in front of me in the living room and drop it in front of me like, well, so what? What are you going to do? Taunting me that way. Yeah. <laughs> so it's really, really funny. You're listening to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. Our podcasts are available on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitches Radio, Blueberry Podcasting, TuneIn Radio, Mixcloud, Podchaser, Listen Notes, and Hop Hopper. I'm Johnny Tan, your host. Here's a quick reminder to treat yourself to our heart-centered and passion-driven Inspirations for Better Living digital magazine at inspirationsforbetterliving.com. My guest for today is Amy Newmark, the publisher and editor-in-chief for Chicken Soup for the Soul. Our kitchen table conversation this morning is about their latest release, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Lessons Learned from My Cat, 101 Tales of Feline Friendship and Fun. And folks, y'all need to get a copy of this. It's really, really funny and it's fun to read. And most importantly also, it makes a wonderful gift book. Amy, Chapter 7, Miracles Happen. I love the title of this. I don't know whether this is the one that you came up with or it was there. <laughs> the Cat Gods Have Spoken by Kevin Porter. See, another guy. <laughs> we got to stick together. Another you know? guy. <laughs> and that was Kevin's title. I did not change the title of that story. <laughs> and the reason he um, put The Cat Gods Have Spoken as his title was that his mom always felt that cats were destined to find her, that the cat gods had spoken. Mm-hmm. And she had as many as six rescued cats at a time. And the most memorable one was a tortoise shell named Jenny. And after they had had Jenny for four or five years, Kevin's parents decided to quit their jobs and move from their little town in Idaho to the big town of Madison, Wisconsin. And they spent the first night of that long drive from Idaho to Wisconsin at a hotel in South Dakota. And that's when Jenny got out. And they searched for her all night, couldn't find her. And so they resumed their trip to Madison and they were absolutely heartbroken. And this was before the internet. So, Kevin's mom took out an ad in the local newspaper of the town where they had stayed overnight in South Dakota. And the ad ran for several weeks, but no one reported seeing their cat, Jenny. And then just when they were really about to give up hope, this lady called. She had seen the ad, and she had seen Jenny. And she said that she would ship Jenny by plane to them in Wisconsin. And so Kevin says, that once again, the cat gods have spoken because of this miracle of getting their cat back. It's funny. I think it's amazing things like that happen. I mean, when it's all said and done, what are the odds, right? I know, and that somebody was so nice and actually shipped them their cat in an airplane. That was super nice. So true. Chapter 8, 
Perks and Quirks, The Everything of Nothing by Catherine Kenwell. So this was a great lesson from the cat about learning to live in the moment. So Catherine Kenwell says that she loves to watch her cat as he watches this 20-foot-tall cedar hedge outside her bedroom window, and the cat just remains as still as a statue, except for his head, which starts back and forth as he watches the birds and the squirrels that are in the hedge. And Catherine doesn't watch the hedge because she can't really see what the cat is seeing. He can see inside that hedge and see all of the animals that are in there. So she just watches the cat instead. And she says, I'm doing nothing and everything at once. And she thinks taking a moment to do nothing is a gift that's available to all of us. What a wonderful teacher creature you are, because she's learned so much from watching this cat who peacefully sits there for hours gazing at the hedge. And people do tell us all the time that they learn to live in the moment from their mm-hmm. from their pets. That's beautiful. I can just picture it in terms of the quietness and the calmness kind of thing. And that's what cats are. Cats are just tend to be a little bit more quiet and it's just different. There's a little sense of peacefulness to it. So it's a beautiful story from that perspective. Chapter 9, Opening Hearts. What is one of the stories that you like in this chapter? Well, I really like these stories that we get where cats bring people together, like bring a community together, or bring a neighborhood mm-hmm. together. And so we have a really good story from Lisbeth Meredith about that. Um, she moved from Alaska, where she lived for 50 years. She moved to Tennessee. And it, as when she got there, she met this gray cat with these piercing green eyes. Um, as she was walking up the stairs, to her new apartment, which was on the second floor of the building. And it was, you know, outside stairs to get to the apartment. And she noticed that the cat's tail had been chopped off, and she wondered what had happened to her. And Elizabeth had two cats of her own. So she was a cat person, and she brought those two cats with her. But they were indoor cats, so they were going to stay inside her new apartment. Well, anyway, she found that her new neighbors in Tennessee were very friendly, and they popped by to say hello right from the start. And one of them explained to her that that gray cat on the stairs was a female who they named Bob because of its bob tail. And basically, it was the neighborhood's cat. Like, everyone in the building considered it to be their cat. And they had a water bowl out for the cat. They had food bowls. And, you know, everybody would put food and water out for the cat. So as a group, they just took care of the cat. And one of the neighbors had tried to adopt the cat and make her, you know, an inside cat. But she wouldn't go for that. She wanted to stay outside. So Elizabeth worried about the cat, you know, being an outdoor cat. And one day her fears came true because the cat had gotten attacked and she had a deep wound in one eye and she was barely moving. So one of the neighbors took the cat to the vet and paid the bill and the group bonded even more over their shared concern for this cat. And they created like an outdoor room for her with toys and catnip 
and a bed to sleep in and a blanket and even some artificial house plants to decorate this little niche they made for her. And so Elizabeth says that taking care of this cat transformed the neighborhood. Everybody who was already friendly got even friendlier and it didn't matter that their politics were different from each other. They didn't talk about politics or the pandemic or any unpleasant things. They just bonded over this cat. And then it got even more fun because the cat made friends with a raccoon. And so the raccoon got to share in some of the cat food. And then the neighbors <laughs> started bringing their inside pets outside to meet Bob, the outdoor cat. So Elizabeth <laughs> brought her two indoor cats out to meet Bob. Um, two other neighbors brought out their total of three dogs to meet Bob. Even a rabbit that one of the neighbors had hopped out to join in the group of animals. And so Elizabeth says that this feral cat created this community. It was like a new family for her since she had just moved thousands of miles. And she said the cat brought out the best in all of us by granting us the chance just to love her. So I thought that was really sweet that they all bonded around this cat that they shared. That's beautiful. That really is beautiful. It looks like we're just going to have to cut up that story and send it up to all the neighborhood associations. <laughs> I'm just being crazy here. But that's a beautiful story. Really, really beautiful. And for me, for this chapter, chapter nine, opening hearts, hey, I have to stick up for the guys here. You have another male contributor, and the story is really wonderful. The power of love and patience. Yeah, so Jason Bloom tells us another story about a feral cat. In fact, it was two feral cats. And this happened during the pandemic. Jason lives on the island of Kauai in Hawaii. So tourism, you know, was effectively shut down, at least during, you know, the beginning year or two of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And so Jason was out taking a walk near the beginning of the shutdown. And he heard this meowing and he saw these two cats and realized that they must be starving and they really looked emaciated um, because all the food that they usually got from tourists or from the hotel's trash, all of that food supply was gone. So Jason rushed home and got um, dry cat food and several cans of wet food that he fed to his three cats. And the friendlier of these two feral cats was waiting for him as if she knew he would return and she devoured the food that he brought, and then she let him pet her. And it, maybe, I don't know, my thinking is maybe she wasn't originally feral because she was so friendly to Jason, and he says that she was just as interested in hanging out with him as she was in eating the food that he brought. The other cat seemed more feral because it really didn't want any human contact. But Jason fed both of them, and in fact, he fed them for 18 months. We got them all the way through until the tourists returned and the cats could find their own food again. And he tried to adopt the more friendly one, but his other cat wouldn't let the new cat come on the property. Um, so, you know, he left them on their own. And he says that Kauai is a pretty good place to be a homeless cat anyway. There are tens of thousands of homeless cats there because mm -hmm. It's warm, and there are sheds where the cat's going to escape the rain, and there's 
the tourists and all the hotel food for them. And so it's not really that bad. But then even though they couldn't take them home and they were going to remain outside cats, after 18 months, a miracle happened. And the one that had been really skittish and completely uninterested in him actually came over to him one morning and indicated that she wanted him to pet her. And he started petting her and she started purring. And Jason says it brought tears to his eyes. And we do read that, these stories a lot about, you know, cats that are feral and remain officially feral outside cats, but really do create such a bond with a human that they're, it's almost the same as if they were officially living with that human. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So true. When I was growing up in Malaysia, we have a couple of house cats. And then my mom, I mean, she's always like feeding all the animals out <laughs> because she grew up in the farm. But even though when I was growing up, we were in a subdivision, but she's just so caring in terms of taking care. And so all the neighborhood strays just kind of hang out in the backyard. (laughs) And, of course, they stay their distance, obviously, but they know where to come for food. Let me put it this way. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Chapter 10, excellent title, Natural Therapist. The story is Max Lesson by Joanna Michaels. I thought that the lesson that Joanna learned from the cat was really powerful. So (laughs) Joanna says that she was living a pretty unpredictable and flighty life. Like she'd switched majors several times in college. She held a wide variety of jobs that were unrelated to each other. She also moved a lot. She had trouble committing to relationships. The only constant in her life was her cat, Max. But he was just as flighty as she was. He was a whirlwind of energy. He was driving her crazy with his antics. And one day she yelled at him, Max, just because the door is open, you don't have to walk through it. Because the cat, you know, would just race around. Mm -hmm. And then she realized, wait a minute, what did I just say to the cat? I just told the cat, just because the door is open, you don't have to walk through it. And then she realized, oh, my gosh, that's what I've been doing my whole life. I've been walking through every door, taking every opportunity, and never giving a thought as to whether or not I was making the right decision. Because she had just been assuming, oh, here's a new opportunity. I should take it. And so Joanna says she learned a very important lesson that day. And since then, whenever an opportunity comes along, a new job, a new relationship, a new place to live, she thinks about those words she had said to Max that just because a door is open, you don't have to walk through it. And she stays in one place, and she has a much more stable life. And, in fact, she's now lived in Florida for 30 years. She's lived in the same apartment for seven years, and she's been driving the same car for 11 years. So she finally calmed her <laughs> life down by listening to the advice she told to the cat. <laughs> Wonderful story. It's a beautiful story. What can we expect from chicken soup this coming spring? So, you know, speaking of advice, which was in the last story, mm-hmm. our next book is coming out on March 14th, and it's a really cool book. It's called The Advice That Changed My Life, 
And it's people talking about, you know, those wise words or that one thing that they learned that changed their lives. So there's a lot of great stories in there that really do have the potential to be life-changing for our readers. Mm -hmm. And then in April, we have a book coming out called, Well, That Was Funny. And it's just a great humor book. So I think everybody's going to really enjoy that. And then in May, in time for beach season, we have a book coming out called All You Need Is Love. And who doesn't want to read love stories (laughs) in the summer? So those are the things that are happening this spring. And then, you know, once in a while, I tell you what's going on in our entertainment business. Mm -hmm. It's pretty, it's pretty extraordinary. We have all of these ways that people can watch movies and TV shows for free. We have these streaming services. One is called Crackle, which used to be a part of Sony and now is a part of Chicken Soup for the Soul. Another one is a new streaming service we started called Chicken Soup for the Soul. And I think you can go to chickensoupforthesoultv.com to find it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we have... I don't know if it's tens of thousands of TV episodes and movies that Mm -hmm. you could watch. Thousands or tens of thousands. I can't remember, but it's more programming than you could ever consume. And it's really good stuff. Like uh, last night for Valentine's Day, my husband and I watched, you know, a romantic comedy Mm -hmm. on um, Crackle, um, which, you know, I told him I didn't want to watch anything that had missiles in it, you know. (laughs) I don't want I don't want a movie about things that blow up unless it's a relationship that's blowing up. You know, that that's okay. <laughs> so anyway, so we have that going on, uh, with more and more offerings. So that's, you know, the other side of Chicken Soup for the Soul, not the non book side, the entertainment mm-hmm. side. Uh, we also, as you know, have a pet food line. And mm-hmm. so all those dog and cat lovers out there probably are interested in that too, because it's a really high-quality dog food and cat food that we put out um, and not at high prices. You know, it's like a super premium dog food, super premium cat food, but not at premium prices. Wonderful. That's really wonderful. Are there any specific call-out stories Chicken Soup is looking for for the remainder of this year and perhaps in 2024? Yeah, so we have a deadline coming up for stories about angels. Uh, We're Mm -hmm. accepting stories until February 28th, and we have a Angels and the Miraculous or some, some title like that. I always forget what our exact titles are. Wait, I'm going to tell you what it is. It's written nice. Okay. Yes, Angels sure. and the Miraculous. I got it right. Uh, so that's <laughs> coming out in August. So we're just about finished with accepting submissions for that. And mm-hmm. then we're already collecting stories for our next cat book and our next dog book. Oh. So uh, people can submit those stories. We're also collecting stories for our Christmas 2024 book, not 2023, but 2024. And we're also collecting stories for our next humor book. Um, And then we're collecting stories about miracles as well. And that deadline is coming up uh, at the end of February. And we're also collecting stories about the power of positive thinking, Mm -hmm. you know, how positive attitude has helped you turn your life around, helped you deal with a challenge. So those are the different topics that we are collecting stories for right now. Wonderful. That's really wonderful. And all they have to do is actually go to 
chickensoup.com, right? Yes, if you go to chickensoup.com and then you click on books, then you'll see that you can click on submit your story and then you'll see all the topics we're working on. You'll see a place where you can click to get story guidelines and then there's also the place where you fill out the form to submit your story. Wonderful. What wonderful recipe for a living would you like to share with our listeners this morning? Right now, I'm pretty fixated on stepping outside your comfort zone as mm-hmm. a really important way to improve your life. Um, and I just make this part of my daily life, you know, like trying to remember what I did. Oh, I know. I went last month and um, gave a presentation at a temple on Fifth Avenue in New York. Mm-hmm. And it was not something I had ever done before in my life. And they offered me this opportunity. And I said, yes, because I figured, why not say yes to new experiences? And so I did that. And it was really fun. Uh, but I'm always trying to say yes to new things. And it could be as simple as a new food or shopping at a grocery store that you don't normally go to. So you're you have to find things in the aisles and be exposed to new things that you might not have bought otherwise. But stepping outside your comfort zone, I think, is a wonderful ingredient for a happy life. I couldn't agree more. That's a wonderful recipe. Amy, thank you for the great recipe for living and for spending this hour with me on From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. To all our listeners, please join me next Wednesday morning, February 22nd at 10 a.m. Central Time, U.S. My guest will be Lachelle Atkins. Known as America's Supermom, Lachelle juggles marriage, career, and 15 children with a smile. Instead of stress, she overcame 13 years of depression and three hospitalization and now helps women create strategies for success without sacrificing their health. After her hospitalization in 2016, Lachelle walked away from the victim mindset, embracing a victory mindset. Lachelle and I will be having a conversation about her remarkable life's journey and how we can transform chaos, feeling overwhelmed and anxiety into clarity, focus, and confidence with a smile and family love. For additional information about this show and future shows, please go to FromMyMama'sKittenTalkRadio.com. Thank you for listening and have a blessed week. As always, Amy, it's been a true pleasure. Love the book. You all need to go get a copy of this book. You will love it. Thank you again, Amy, and have a blessed day. Thanks so much, Johnny. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer a hand clapper a high fiver I kind of like the high five but if you want to hone in on those winning moves check out Chumba Casino at ChumbaCasino.com choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes there are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses so don't wait start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com no purchase necessary VGW group void prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus